another episode of Two Gen Talks, hosted by Desert and Melissa, where the goal is to empower the youth of Glendale and connect youth to community resources with individuals and organizations through interviews and discussions. We have a special episode lined up for us today with a special guest, Lilia, with us. She is here to educate us more on the topic of environmentalism. But before we get started, don't forget to follow us on our socials on Facebook and Instagram at LAC. Don't forget to also follow us on Apple and Spotify or anywhere where you listen to your podcasts. Also make sure to like and subscribe to the YouTube channel for where we post our full episodes every Friday at 4.30 p.m. Yes, now let's get started with the video. Thank you, Lilia, for taking the time every day to talk with us. We have a lot to discuss about environmental activism. So the first question is, how did you get into environmental activism? Um, I'm so excited to join you guys. So first of all, as a child, I was always interested in nature and the environment in general. I grew up watching a bunch of like kids shows on PBS Kids, like Curious George and Wild Kratts. And I think that really sparked my interest in nature. Like, in fact, one time, on Curious George, he was making a bunch of compost from things in his yard and that sparked me to go do it. And I still do it uh, from time from time to time if I have anything in my kitchen that's left over. And overall, I also grew up at the library reading books and stuff. So I think that sparked my, that was like my outlet for sources. Like that's where I went to go research about the environment. Like every week, every month, it was a new biome, a new animal, like one time I was studying the Arctic and I went and I researched about the Arctic fox and different types of seals that were there. And that's basically where I got all like my interest from. And overall, I was just really like interested in the idea that we can coexist with other organisms that are not human. Like it was just really mind blowing to me that we've domesticated so many animals that we can peacefully study and like maybe even like talk to and stuff like that. So. That's basically where I got into it. And when I was researching animals, I really got into extinct animals. And that's one of my favorite things to study. Like, for example, the dodo bird is one of my favorite extinct animals. It's basically a three foot tall bird that grew up on the island of Mauritius back then. And its diet consisted of like small fruits and rocks that it ate to help digest the fruits. And when I heard that it went extinct because of the Europeans that traveled to its island and just used it for food. And since it was a really nice bird, it came up to them and all it didn't try to defend itself and it couldn't fly either. It made me really sad that people just take advantage of the environment and don't try to coexist amongst animals. And it's and this happened a while ago, but it's not that it's it's not like it doesn't still happen today, which is what really got me into activism and just speaking for the animals that can't already speak for themselves. So yeah, that's so awesome. Yeah, I agree. It's like so sad when I hear that like you know some animals are going extinct, and it's like a lot of times it's like you know humans' fault. It's so sad. Um, but you talked about um, com compost. Right. Yes. Um, can you talk about that a little bit more, maybe for like uh, people that aren't so familiar about it? Yeah, it's basically made up of what I make it from is from like leftovers in the kitchen. Like my grandma is a really good cook, so she always uses like different types of fruits and vegetables and stuff, usually dried ones, too. And those ones, there's always some that like 
just don't work like they're not good enough so we have like a special place we put them into and then there's also like a yard below my apartment and that we just like put it into the dirt to help fertilize the plants under there to just make them help help them grow better without using any like chemical fertilizer and stuff because that has its own effects on the environment that are really bad this is like a very random weird question but like when you compost can you also like grow flowers and um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it works okay. with like any plant. I think there's different mm -hmm. types of like concoctions of like leftovers that you use for different types of plants, but in general for flowers and for food, I'm pretty sure it's around the same mm -hmm. time. Okay. <laughs> and I guess also my question is like um, you're in school and are there any clubs that you've noticed in school that also like, you know, focus on environmentalism and if you know what they're doing too to help? Yeah, actually, there's two. There's one that's the environmental club that I'm in. And basically what we do is we just focus on different aspects of the environment and just learn about different kinds because most people, they they either don't know about the environment or they just limit it. They, they don't take like the time to research and stuff like that. So we just like talk about different kinds. Like we had a presentation on reusable water bottles and their impact on the environment and how not using them can be detrimental. And then I did a presentation on extinct animals and climate change. And basically, yeah, we just talked about that. We were going to have a beach cleanup, but thanks to COVID restrictions that got canceled. But overall, we just try to help the environment and stuff like that. And also there's an activism club that I run at school. And I mostly focus on environmental activism because it's like the least type of controversial one and one that I really stand for. So what we were talking about last time was the Great Pacific Garbage Patch and how it formed and how it has its own spot on the map now because of how large it is. It's actually three times the size of Texas. And the only way it can be cleaned is if people like try to help it because it was formed by a bunch of like currents that currently go like in a vortex type of simulation. That's why all the trash is thrown into the ocean. If it goes in one of those currents, it just gets stuck there. That's why it's just continually growing. So we were talking about that and how the only way to make it smaller is if people start to recycle more and if other people can like pitch in and donate to organizations that help clean up the patch itself. Um, and I think you've, you've touched upon like various ways that I think anyone could help, you know, kind of, you know, help the environment. Um, but I guess, what do you think um, people that are watching or listening, what is like the first step that they could take to start, you know, helping with change? I mean, first, I guess they could just evaluate what they do at home and how they could make that better because most people don't see that what they do at home affects what is around them, like their environment in general. Like, what I believe in is that people don't usually see the change that's happening unless it's like right in front of them or it affects mm -hmm. them directly. So once again, if someone is like, has their lights on all the time at home, they could just try to turn it off at times. Or if they leave the water on while brushing their teeth or taking a shower, like for really long amounts of time, they could try to decrease that. Like, for example, one of the things that I do is that, um, my mom and I, we have a lot of reusable water bottles. And if we use plastic water bottles, then we have like a special place where we recycle them. Like we put them in the corner of the kitchen to take them out to recycle. Also, we use reusable tote bags when we go to the grocery store because who wants to pay an extra 10 cents? And also, they're <laughs> anyways. 
So yeah, those are some of the things that we do. And I feel like people, it's really easy, not too hard, not too expensive. Like getting a water filter is really expensive. That's why people, most people buy plastic water bottles, but recycling isn't. So that's one of the things that people could start to do. Baby steps. Yes, baby steps. Um, and what do you think are some of your top three environmental problems that you have seen maybe like even during COVID? Um, I know for a fact that during COVID air pollution went down significantly because there were less planes flying, less cars going. But from what I saw is there was still a lot of trash like just on the floor, especially in like nature preserved parks. Like I went hiking a lot during COVID and there was always just trash along, especially along the freeways because no one wants to get out on the freeway and pick up trash. So that's why they always like throw it out their window and it's just all like sitting there. That's one big problem. Um, another environmental problem I see is mostly water pollution because when I was walking past a lot of rivers and lakes, there was just a lot of like stuff being dumped into it. Once again, just trash all around. And I honestly think that the, the chemicals that go from like fertilizers into the water, into the fish, into our food has also become a really big problem because I don't know if it was just me, but during COVID, a lot of people's lawns were a lot greener because they were at home. So I guess they were like focusing on that. And then once again, as you guys know, the fertilizer just goes into the sewage system, goes into the water, the ocean, and then the fish that we eat, which doesn't really show a lot. But I was watching a YouTube video the other day that was talking about plastic that fish eat. And it might not harm the fish, but when we eat the fish, it actually goes in and it like hurts our endocrine system and messes up our hormones. And people don't see it as that, but it is. So I think that was also a really big problem. Do you, um, what are, like, I guess your take on masks, like re reusable versus um, disposable? Um, that was always, that's also a huge problem. I always see masks on the floor every time. Um, I have a lot of reusable masks. I don't use the surgical ones, even though I know those are probably like the cheapest ones to use. I always post like stuff that says, remember to cut off the sides of the masks because I I saw pictures of seagulls getting like tangled in it at the beach so just like cutting those off and throwing them away which really isn't too hard and it's really easy for people to do but yeah especially during COVID masks were a really big problem they're just being thrown around and it's I think it's piling up in some like oceans and stuff like that so mm -hmm. um I know you've talked about extinctions of animals but you're also passionate about um climate change. So if you could talk a little bit more about that as well. Uh, once again, I think that people don't, especially climate change, people don't notice it that much until like it's in their environment. And we all live in like a rather urban environment, Los Angeles, and urban environments are usually the source of like most of the pollution, which is why we don't see it as much as what it like affects around us. So like, Air pollution, for instance, like I, I remember some days there were a lot of fires here mm -hmm. and you could like smell the smoke in the air. And that's when people really notice they're like, oh my gosh, like I can't breathe. And that was like a glimpse of air pollution that they got in some areas that they don't know it's like that every day. And um, I remember this winter, it was really like not super hot, but it was like 80 degrees at like the end of November. Mm -hmm. And people were starting to notice like, 
why is it so hot all of a sudden and i don't think most people pinpointed it as they're just like oh it's california california has weird weather mm -hmm. all the time but i i remember it was literally like 100 degrees at one point in november and it was just really bad and i think that's one of the minimal effects of climate change that impacted our urban areas directly and that some people noticed but once again they noticed and once it passed it brushed it off so i feel like something to do to solve that would be just to like advocate for that in the moment and say this is why this happened and this is what you can do to fix it or else it's just gonna go away and they're gonna notice it until it gets worse next year and you're so knowledgeable on this uh subject i guess what do you i guess read are there any like websites that you specifically read to like you know get more information and knowledge or books or just anything like that Honestly, um, when I go and look up organizations that I can help either like talk about, donate, or support, I know there's one called Four Ocean, which helps with the Pacific Garbage Patch and talking about how you can donate to them and how you can recycle better. Um, I know that .org organizations can now be like bought online, but I still mostly rely on those because even if they're bought online, they're usually really good organizations. Um, I also know one, I know mostly ocean ones called the Ocean Project, and that is one that really helps with the garbage patch and just ocean pollution in general. Um, I'm actually in this one internship. It's from the Bahia group. It's in Glendale. I think our, our school district offered it, and I'm in the environmental activism sector of the internship, and basically our goal was to obviously advocate and spread for environmental activism. And the main goal of the project that we're all doing at the end of this internship is like, you can either do a small film or an article talking about a series of topics like either wildfires, air pollution, light pollution, climate change, climate justice, stuff like that. I chose climate change and basically I'm just gonna make a short film about climate change and I'm just gonna compare it to things that people see every day because once again people don't notice unless it's in front of them so i'm just gonna like describe it using stuff every day like this grain of rice represents this or and stuff like that so people like try to understand it better because usually yeah. i've seen a lot of like climate shows youtube videos stuff like that and they use like really big words when talking about it like someone will be like, what does topographical mean? And they just won't watch it because they don't know what it means. So I'll just try to break it down and obviously give ways that people can help from home and stuff like that. That's so cool. Um, and I guess, do you have any people that you look up to that are environmental activists? I mean, I know she's really popular, but I was really moved by Greta Thunberg's speech on environmental activism because she's one of the first youngest people that I saw actually make a move and give a speech to just such a large amount of people. I know there are others, but they're not talked about, but she was really talked about on the headlines. And it made me really sad to see people like downplay what she was saying. They're like, oh, like the climate's fine it's the economy but I, I really like that she had the guts to go and just speak about it in front of all those politicians and people who don't usually think about climate change on a daily basis yeah it's really empowering seeing like young people take a stance and I think it's interesting how sometimes older people might look at teens that are trying to take a stance on something or trying to create change but they dismiss them so I guess my question is like why what do you think can be done so that teens can be taken more seriously? 
Um, honestly, I think if teens are given a bigger platform to say things, then it's better. Like if they're invited to more like conventions with like people who are in power, like just as Greta Thunberg was giving the presentation to a bunch of like politicians and reporters and stuff, if they had more chances like that. Like I know teens do presentations at school and other places in their community, but especially if the community isn't popular, it doesn't get out there and most people don't hear it. So if they're broadcast on TV, I think even if people skip the channel or something, more people will at least listen in the background and stuff like that. Or if like a respected individual in their community or like even someone with a big platform, like a celebrity just mentions them, more people will go and listen to them and hear what they have to say. So like in the Glendale community, how can teens like be part of helping the environment? I think the main problem in Glendale is many sources of pollution. I think what they can do is they can form a group like dedicated to the community of Glendale. I know there are some, but maybe one big group from like, like announced by City Hall or something, just like official group that helps and goes around, picks up trash and just stuff like that. Maybe does not like protests, but like demonstrations, talking about the environment, stuff like that. Um, I know there are a bunch of festivals and stuff in Los Angeles. Maybe they could go and present and do things there so more people hear about their program and start to register. Kind of like a nonprofit organization type of thing. But mostly what people in Glendale can do is what everyone can do, like the little things around their house and stuff like that. Talk to their friends, inform their friends about it, people who don't know about it, like bring it up as conversation starters, little things like that. Like I know it's very hard in our urban communities, especially since like we drive around everywhere, but little things like carpooling and just turning off your lights when you're not using them really makes a big difference that I think people need to see more. Okay, so thank you so much, um, Lilia, for doing this. This was our Teen Gen Talks episode hosted by me, Desiree, and Melissa, where we talk and learn more about environmentalism. So thank you again, Lilia, for joining us. We are so glad to have you. Do you have anything you want to shout out or any last words? Not really. Just if you're watching this and your water is running, go turn it off. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that so much. Awesome. Well, thank you everyone for watching and listening and see you all next time. Bye. Bye.